0: Welcome to Insurance Uncovered, the first podcast to bring you insurance news and perspective from thought leaders in the property casualty insurance industry. Insurance Uncovered is produced by the National Association of Mutual Insurance Companies. Hello everyone, I'm Kathy Imus. Today we're uncovering the Terrorism Risk Insurance Act, how a NAMIC-led education campaign could lead to a quick reauthorization ahead of the 2020 deadline. Plus, drone safety, a new program launched by the FAA to spread awareness about public safety. And an update on the Kincaid wildfire as conditions raise a red flag warning. A top NEMIC legislative priority takes another step forward in the legislative process this week as the House Financial Services Committee approves an extension of the Terrorism Risk Insurance Act, The bill would reauthorize the federal terrorism insurance backstop for seven years beyond its current 2020 expiration with no major changes to key mechanisms such as the trigger level and copay. This year, NAMIC launched an education campaign in Congress to emphasize the importance of and need for TRIA. The bill is a result of bipartisan negotiations between House Financial Services Committee Chairwoman Maxine Waters and ranking Republican member Patrick McHenry. It is expected to see little opposition as it moves to the full House. During a hearing last week, Waters highlighted consensus among House members that TRIA works.
1: It is clear that there is overwhelming agreement that TRIA is working and that Congress should reauthorize it in a timely manner. And I intend to work to do just that. I think we're on the verge of having the opportunity to pass a long-term 10-year reauthorization. I think that's how the Senate is thinking about this, a clean bill that does not get bogged down. And so I'm very optimistic that we are going to be able to do what we need to do to ensure uh, that, you know, the insurance companies uh, can handle the risk with the support of their government and
0: with Treasury, etc. A proposed amendment is scheduled for markup this week that would require a study on cyber terrorism and more information on the terror threat to the property of religious institutions. TRIA is scheduled to expire at the end of 2020, but given that next year is a presidential election year, the goal is to complete reauthorization well ahead of the December 31st deadline. The market for terrorism insurance has evolved drastically since TRIA was established following the September 11th terrorist attacks. In addition to the immeasurable human cost, 9-11 also had a far-reaching economic impact on U.S. markets. Government estimates put property damage at about $100 billion, while other estimates of the total economic damage range from $2 to $3.3 trillion. On today's Unscripted, our Chuck Chamness talks with Liz Heck, president and CEO of Greater New York Mutual, about how TRIA works to keep terrorism risk insurance available and affordable in these uncertain times.
2: Well, my guest today is Liz Heck. President and CEO of Greater New York Mutual Insurance. Welcome to the show, Liz. It is great to have you here on Insurance Unscripted.
1: Thank you, Chuck. Good to be
2: here. Well, we're going to talk a little, as you know, about tri- well TRIA, the Terrorism Risk Insurance Act. And, you know, you are part of a NAMIC slash GNY slash Heck family tradition in that uh, you're a member of our TRIA working group the policy development group that's really been, you know, helping develop Namix policy since the beginning. And um, your dad, Warren, uh, chaired it prior to your term now chairing the TRIA Working Group. So here we are in the uh, season of TRIA renewal and with you in a leadership role. And so I'd just like to uh, start by thanking you for uh, carrying on that tradition and helping guide us through the policy discussion.
1: You know, Chuck, thank you very much. Obviously, tree is very important, so I'm very happy to participate. I think a lot about it because my company is, um, it's part and parcel to what we do because we're very much an urban writer.
2: Yeah, you're an urban writer and you write a lot of multifamily, and we'll get to that, I'm sure, but I thought I'd start with just, uh, you're a New Yorker, your company's based in New York. Uh, going back to 9-11, which was a, is a long time ago now, but uh, were you in the city that day and what was your own story around the uh, events of 911
1: yeah you know it's funny chuck i think uh, most people have a story about 911 no matter whether you were in new york or 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 someplace else i think it was something that changed the world forever i happened to be in new york that day because i lived in new york and i still live in new york and at the time I was living across the street from the World Trade Center and um, so I had a pretty traumatic experience and felt it uh, firsthand. I had uh, my children were very young at the time they were four and one I happened to be late for work which was um, you know a, a good thing because I was home uh, when it happened and I um, you know the the my building was actually hit by a steel girder and there was a fire on my floor and we needed to um evacuate and in in fact um it was a pretty scary thing because um you'll appreciate this chuck because we were talking about how you are um good to your um wife and you support her and her efforts mm-hmm. by taking her to the airport but when the uh, planes first flew into the world trade center i uh, called my husband at work and i, I and, you, and i called him up and i said I think there's a problem. You probably should come home. And he said, "I'm in a meeting. I'll call you back."
2: <laughs> yeah. Well.
1: And he hung up the phone, and then it was the whole, re- you know. And then it took us another twelve hours to sort of connect. Um, you know, at, at the end of the day, but it was pretty traumatic, and um, and uh, we never went back to our apartment. So yeah. it was sort of an interesting thing. Wow. So what was interesting about it was that you know, having lived it, but then also having, you know, because it impacted not only my personal life, but it was also my business. And so it was really a very big deal because it was this exposure that didn't exist, Uh, you know, one day, you know, on September 10th, you know, it was an exposure that didn't exist. And on September 11th here you had this thing that we all had to start thinking
2: about. Well, and let's pick up on the business side because, uh, you know, why why is tria so crucial to our industry and how effective has the program been over the past uh years?
1: You know, tria is very important to the uh, our industry because uh, you know, as I mentioned, it was this uh, exposure that hadn't existed that that none of us had ever thought about. And uh, you know, uh, the very next day on 9/11, you know, it's like the world stopped and everything changed. And and I, I think all of us remember because remember where we were when the when when the event happened. But just in the insurance space, before TRIA was um, promulgated, uh, you know. Business stopped construction stopped it was um, it, it was just uh, too it, it's a, it's an exposure that it's much too difficult and it 's uninsurable and so because of that um there was all sorts of confusion in the marketplace. And, you know, the thing about TRIA is that once um, it, the, the uh, law was passed and, you know, we all of a sudden had a way, um, you know, there was a backstop, then, um, it, you know, everything stabilized. And, and uh, when I think about it, um, I think everybody agrees that the, that the mechanics of the program work and um it's it's really been uh you know where it's been 19 years and um and the economy has stabilized i think pricing has stabilized and i think that um that everybody i don't think there is anyone who would uh disagree with that
2: yeah i i obviously agree you know we had uh the program since the beginning has been on like a five-year reauthorization schedule which we know concludes at the end of 2020, which is a frame we have left to, uh, you know, get a new reauthorization in place. As we look at uh, where we are today, you know, with this Congress and in Washington, you know, what do you think are the most important messages we can carry to um, Capitol Hill and others who will be uh, deciding about the reauthorization? Uh,
1: well, I think there are a lot of messages. I think, you know, the first is that the program is working as intended. I think the second is that um, that unlike most federal programs, uh, the TRIA program doesn't impose a cost on the federal government as all, at all. Every t- a dime is paid back through the recruitment mechanism. So it, it makes the program a true backstop and it allows the economy to thrive. I think that um, another message is that um, that the best thing for everyone is to, um, to push through a clean bill for as long as possible. I think there have been, you know, through the prior reauthorizations, there's always been some discussion about how long. Um, and I think everybody now agrees that as long as possible and the thing that keeps floating around is... is um, is ten, you know, seven to ten years, which I think would be very acceptable. Um, and I think it's very important that the um, the triggers, the co shares and uh, the uh, none of those change and, and increase because it's very, very important for a robust marketplace to make sure that all carriers can participate.
2: Yeah, uh, it, it's true. I think last week we had the uh, ten-year reauthorization, clean reauthorization introduced in the House. And um, you know, obviously, that is what we're hearing. That um, both sides of the aisle seem to be generally comfortable with a long or longer than five-year reauthorization. uh, Seven years is sometimes suggested, but we do think, and obviously, agree with you. You set the policy, so you would expect that NAMIC would agree with you in this uh, idea that it's really the perfect government program in so many ways. It stabilizes the market as you suggest it hasn't cost a dime other than maybe you know a uh, FTE and treasury that the you know terrorism risk insurance program office kind of monitoring things and i'm not even sure that that's been a dedicated resource to the program so it's it's uh no cost low cost and stabilizing the market every day even in the absence of a terrorist attack that might uh, trigger the program so so we think that you know all the evidence is there for a good long term reauthorization that will be a great benefit to the uh, you know u s economy and certainly to the industry and policyholders that our member companies serve so
1: i I think one of the positive things from from um you know that hearing so there was a sub those subcommittee hearings that happened um last week i guess it was right. uh, uh October sixteenth it sounded like that out of that that on both sides of the aisle everyone seemed to agree and it feels like this is the first time um, since 9-11 that, that we are in such good position this early in the process. So that to me is
2: a huge win. So true, and maybe we'll run alongside the link on our website uh, to this podcast, uh, the video montage that our team put together. It was mostly opening statements of members of Congress who came to that hearing, and Republican, Democrat, urban, rural, uh, really members from all backgrounds uh, in their opening statements talked about how well the program is working, how much they're in favor of a long-term reauthorization with no changes so um, I think it reinforces you know what you saw when I'm sure you watched that uh, hearing in your office last week so, you know, yeah,
1: and you know one 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 of the other things, Chuck, that I thought was really good about it was that there were representatives of of other parts of the country, so it wasn't just New Yorkers, it wasn't just real estate. Uh, you know, the, the whole idea that it's truly a national problem, and I thought that got across at the hearings as well. And it, it looked like the lawmakers agree and buy into that, which was really um, it was good to see.
2: Well, and that that's part of you know what we found to be key to the success of reauthorization is we have a very broad coalition. I mean, while the industry might care a lot about it, does care a lot about it, clearly, and we're on the line in terms of, um, you know, uh, possible uh, claims in the future uh, from terrorist attacks, it's a wide coalition from, you know, real estate to uh, entertainment, uh, colleges and universities. I mean, we have a I can't remember how many industries are represented now in our uh, TRIA coalition. So you're right, every member of Congress, every district has some stake in this debate beyond just the insurance industry stake. So it's an effective uh, way to go about uh, getting it reauthorized. As we look at, you know, and, and we expect. As you suggest that we're going to be successful. And we also are optimistic that it gets done early, earlier than most things do in Congress, where you know they have a tendency to wait until the very last minute, then sometimes miss the deadline, then sometimes kick the can down the road in a temporary or short-term extension. Uh, a similar five-year reauthorization on the flood insurance program might be the example of, of this tendency. But with TRIA, we are optimistic that it gets done um, well and it gets done relatively soon which is certainly well in advance of the end of next year but what happens if if we have to live in a world without the terrorism risk insurance program uh what's that look like for our economy
1: uh, yeah I, it, it looks it looks like a replay of what happened in, you know right after post nine eleven. Um, and we had, um, we had a chance to experience it in 2014 when the program was, was allowed to lapse. And, um, I don't think anybody wants to see that happen again. In fact, you know, one of the things to remember is that policies that are written in, in 2020 and will expire in 2021, we will start having to put notices on of, you know, the fact that without the program, that there isn't going to be coverage and there could be changes.
2: Right. and and uh, you know instead of having an orderly process to deal with some future event uh, we have disorder and the economy frozen up and uh, as you say the suggestion or the um, situation that we had just post 9/11 so something I think everybody wants to prevent and we know this program will prevent it if we uh, reauthorize it in a timely way uh, Last question, you know, you've been uh, advising us on the policy. You've you've uh, appeared and advised uh, and testified before policymakers many times over the years, as had Warren uh, before you. Uh, what suggestions do you have for our NAMIC members to uh, help uh, us get the TRIA reauthorized, and uh, really to maybe as they talk with their uh, elected leaders to tell them about the importance of the uh, you know, tree of reauthorization.
1: I I think that it, it's it's critical that um, all the lawmakers and you know every company realize that it's a national problem. It doesn't matter. Uh, you know where you 're located uh, what your your focus is on because it, it it's, it's a, an impact it 's something that impacts the entire economy. I think that um, it's one of the things that 's important is that um, it 's essential for the success of the program that every carrier uh, be able to participate a lot of carriers, even if they focus. On uh, you know not writing uh, large commercial businesses in urban areas, um, many carriers write workers' compensation. There's no way to exclude you know so it's it, it's 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 something that's critical. Um, I I wanted to just say something also, Chuck, that um, I didn't um, I, I wanted to get in there that I didn't have a chance to say, but I wanted to compliment NAMIC because uh, one of the things that I discovered with um, uh, you know just in my participation with NAMIC is that, you know, NAMIC has done an excellent job on making sure that the legislators, that the lawmakers are educated in understanding the importance of TRIA. And I was trying to think back as to why this reauthorization was different than some of the others. And uh, the truth is that there are, uh, you know, many new lawmakers, because of the changes that happened, you know, after the, uh, with the midterm elections, and um, NAMIC was out there front and center, making sure that everybody understood. And, and it's not just understanding the importance of the program, because that, after 19 years, is a no-brainer. But what what they they seem to understand, that they didn't always understand, is the, that the nuances matter. So that the deductibles matter, that the trigger matters. And um, the other thing that NAMIC did that was um, extremely important is uh, coordinating with all of the other industry trade groups, you know, making sure that we present a strong, united voice. And and one of the things that I discovered just with this reauthorization, we're still early. Um, but if if it goes as well as everyone is is hopeful, um, you know, it, it would be a huge win. And in the past, some of the trades, you know, not all the trades were always on the same page as to what the – you know, everyone agreed that there should be a program, but not everyone agreed as to what it should look like. So I, I just want to compliment NAMIC and the team that, um, you know, that you have in Washington with Jimmy and, and, and John Bergner and, you know, the whole crew because everyone's really on top of it.
2: Well, thanks, Liz. You know, it's uh, it's been a broad-based educational campaign. I remember hearing from some members, say, a year ago that about uh, – hey, come on, can we get started on TRIA? It's just a couple of years before it, you know, expires. And we're like, well, we've got to get the right Congress in here first. I mean, you can't really, uh, we don't even know what the makeup's going to be of Congress. And as you suggest, there are so many new members, uh, relatively few, even in the Committee of Jurisdiction, which is House Financial Services, Senate Banking. Um, Now, Senate's a little more stable, but the House side, uh, you know, majority, I believe, have not been through a a prior reauthorization, which is only five years. So it... uh, it is something that has to uh, be taken up and re-explained, and and more education, and uh, and then set ourselves up for a successful reauthorization once everybody understands the success the program you know has achieved so far. So, with that, Liz, thank you so much for uh, being with us. Thanks especially for your uh, leadership on this issue uh, over so many years, and uh, we'll keep plugging away at uh, getting those. Uh, votes lined up in Washington so we can get an early reauthorization and take this one off the list.
1: It would be a huge win, but thank you very much, Chuck.
2: All right. Thank you.
0: On the next Unscripted, Chuck talks innovation with Church Mutual President and CEO Rich Poirier. Church Mutual was recently recognized by Deloitte as a distinguished performer in the innovation category for designing several creative new programs to protect policyholders. November 4th marks the kickoff of Drone Safety Awareness Week. The inaugural event is hosted jointly by Know Before You Fly and the Federal Aviation Administration to educate the public about the safe operation of drones. Namek's Tom Carroll is the only insurance industry representative on the FAA's Drone Advisory Council. He says safety is a top priority for
2: insurers. Drones are an important part of the insurance business, becoming more and more important every day. A lot of our members use drones right now after a disaster to help policyholders address their damages as quick as possible. Also on the normal course of business in terms of doing inspections or regular uh, review of claims. So this is very important to insurance companies both big and small. And NAMIC is helping them working with the FAA to understand what they can and can't do to promote safety and intelligent use.
0: A new NAMIC white paper takes a look at the laws and regulations of insurance drone operations in 2020 and will be released later this week. As the landscape evolves nationally and locally, the white paper provides a snapshot of rules and predictions of future developments for insurers to better understand the terms and conditions in which they may operate drones. This will be the fourth white paper NAMIC has released on drones since 2015. The Kincaid Fire in Southern California continues to rage as evacuations have been ordered for 200,000 people in Sonoma County. The flames have spread across nearly 75,000 acres following hurricane-force winds in the area. A red flag warning was issued as the wind, combined with extremely dry air, created ideal conditions for rapidly spreading wildfires. Of the 123 structures destroyed, CAL FIRE says 57 are homes. Currently, the fire is only 15 percent contained. This November, the NAMIC-led Build Strong Coalition will host a forum in California on wildfire mitigation and the Federal Emergency Management Agency's ongoing work to implement the Disaster Recovery Reform Act. Like the Coalition's July Forum in Washington, D.C., the Sacramento Forum will feature key policymakers, FEMA officials, state and local emergency managers, and leading stakeholders from the private sector. Registration for the Forum is now open at NAMIC.org. And that's a wrap for this episode of Insurance Uncovered. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast, and we hope you'll keep tuning in as we return with more insurance news and information on November 13th. If you have a topic or issue you'd like us to uncover, don't hesitate to let us know. You can send us an email at uncoveredatnamic.org. Until next time, I'm Kathy Imus. Have a great day and happy Halloween.